My name is Marcel Hansen, and you're listening to Small Habits, Big Changes. Let's dive in. Imagine you have a tree in your backyard. It's a juvenile tree. It's just growing up. But every day you go out and you scratch a little piece of the skin off of it. As you get older, it gets older. And each and every day that you do this habit, more and more tree bark or skin is removed from the tree. Now, most trees are very resilient and a little bit of scraping off the skin or carving your initials into them may not hamper them long term. This is a fruit tree. Let's say it's an apple tree. So it's still producing apples. It's grown up now a bit, as have you. You still go out every day and chip away a little bit at its outer bark. But it is producing apples, does produce shade in certain times of the year, a little bit of shade in the summertime that you can find respite in. So it's a very functional tree. And yet for whatever reason, you have developed a habit of going out and picking on this tree. Time goes on, years pass, five years, 10 years, 15 years may pass. The apple tree is still producing apples, but you start to notice that it's producing a little less. Few branches may have dried out in the summertime and snapped off in the wind, but you chalk it up to age and you don't really correlate your behavior as being correlative to the production of this tree. You've still been picking at it each and every day, several days a week, almost every day of the week, start chipping away. You've been chipping away for decades now and you start to see some decay start to see a tree dry out, you start to see the apples harvest lessen. But for some reason, you don't correlate this very small daily damage to that of the full spectrum of this tree. As you continue to chip away and the harvest becomes less and less, the apples may not taste as well and branches each and every year shrivel up and break off it appears that this apple tree is nearing the end of its life. It's not able to produce like it once was. It is not as strong and some of the branches have broken off. So it's not providing as much shade, looking a little shriveled up. We've all seen these 60 year old, 70 year old fruit trees. Still no correlation to your behavior. I think people look at it and say, oh, a tree's just had its day. It's seen better days. It's 60 years old. It might have a pesticide. It may have an internal disease that we cannot see. Still no correlation to this daily activity, this daily chipping away at the outermost and as time goes on, inner and innermost bloodline to this tree. So you call an arborist. Out comes an arborist, takes a look at it and says, it's too far gone. There's nothing we can do. We can't spray it at this point. We could try and it would prolong it a couple of years, but it's probably never going to produce the amount of apples and the quality and taste of apples that it once did. And because it's so dried up and shriveled up at this point, if a big storm came along, it could snap it and then it could fall over on your fence or hit your house. And you probably just want to avoid all that damage and take it out now while it, while it, while it hasn't done too much harm. 
Now, some people would get it together, maybe at that point, and try and revitalize this tree, trim it back, prune what needs to be pruned, maybe even graft its trunk and reduce its harvest, but help to increase the quality of its harvest for the next decade or so. In addition to stopping the poor behavior that has led this tree to have issues. So no more picking on the tree, no more cutting into it when you're bored or lonely or insecure, no more digging on the tree. Time to clean up what can be cleaned up, nurture what's left to nurture, and then alter our behaviors to where we can treat the tree with the utmost respect and honor that it deserves. If we get a harvest next year, that's fantastic, but there's still more to this tree than just producing apples or just producing shade. It's a living being, right? So if it doesn't feel like a metaphor or even an analogy to your life as far as your daily habits and that tree representing the one temple of your body that you have. It's the one body you have to care for. And at a certain age, it may not produce the apples that it once did. And it may not produce the shade, but it still can be a healthy tree if you are performing healthy habits. Now, hopefully you're in the early stages of just picking at the tree and you can realize stopping that behavior will change the outcome of this tree's life. If you've gone so far to where it's shriveled up and dried up, then it's time for you to prune back and see what you can salvage. Graft that trunk and do all that you can. That's your top priority to revitalize a tree that once was. I think people don't realize the very small little actions that happen every day that end up being catastrophic down the road and how fastly it can unravel. It didn't get there, and it did, that tree didn't die overnight. It didn't even die in a matter of six months. It was slowly dying by a thousand paper cuts over years and years and decades of poor choices. I mentioned it last week, but any sugar, any table sugar at all is a cut. Any alcohol at all is a cut. Any drugs are cuts to our overall system. Our overall wellness includes everything because everything plays off one another. We're very integrated whether we realize it or not. I'm reminded of this. I found a voice recording from a doctor's appointment that I spent with my dad just uh, four months before he passed. And up until that day, he really had no issues. He was in his, uh, well, he was 69, 70 when this appointment took place, and 71, yeah, 71. I mean, he had minor aches and pains. He was overweight, probably ate too much saturated fat, didn't exercise enough. To his credit, he was a workaholic, so he wasn't lying on the couch by any stretch of the imagination. He stayed very active and was on his feet and moving around you know, 12, 14 hours a day right up till the very end. But this diet issue and carrying extra weight from probably his mid-30s on through to his 70s for 30 years, carrying around this extra weight, potentially straining the heart, 
what he had developed was a gallstone, one gallstone about that big, just sitting on the duct of the gallbladder. And that was causing him some grief. It was making it difficult for, you know, bile to flow freely, which also helps to break down fat. Well, it's one of its key components and helps with digestion. So experiencing those related issues was what actually was discovered first and foremost. So this one little gallstone found on the duct of his gallbladder prompted, of course, a surgeon to say, let's remove the gallbladder. And while he was agreeable to this, the cardiologist needed to take a test in order to make sure that his heart was up to snuff and that would make it through a procedure like that of removing the gallbladder because there's anesthesia involved, etc. When he took the cardiology exam, EKG, they found a flutter in his heart and a little AFib. Now his heart wasn't running particularly fast and so maybe it wasn't caught before. He had a very steady, low blood pressure his whole life, as did his mother, as do I. Sister seems to be some lower heart pressure, lower heart rate and lower blood pressure running in the family. So they said, we have to figure out what's going on with your heart first, because with the way that it's reducing output, it, it may not make it through a gallbladder surgery. And it was really then that his liver enzymes started to increase. Now, the liver is closely related to the gallbladder. They share an interaction. Um, one definitely affects the other. And what was happening was more and more enzymes were building up as the duct to the gallbladder was essentially blocked. These enzymes considered to rise and relatively quickly. So while the bile duct continued to be blocked, the heart was experiencing strain and not producing the output that would be necessary for a surgery. The liver enzymes increased and continued to, to the point where three months later, still working through this whole time, but working through April, May, and June, in July, just four months later, after I'd been to this doctor's appointment with my dad, he basically called me on a Sunday morning. We used to talk every day, but on a Sunday morning, he was not out of bed yet at 10 o'clock, which is very rare, really unheard of. And he said, I just don't feel good. I'm going to take myself in to the ER tomorrow. They need to figure out what's going on. And he was brought in on Monday. And I believe it was Tuesday they started a, a morphine drip because he was in quite a bit of pain at that point. Basically, what I could deduce is he was already in sepsis. Uh, Wednesday, I had the last conversation with him, although it brief, albeit brief on the phone. And Thursday was dead. So literally years and years of elevated weight, years and years, decades of perhaps saturated fat to an unhealthy degree. Just those two little things, day in and day out, working hard, high levels of stress, but it unraveled very quickly. 
you know, it was March when the enzymes started to increase and it was dozens of doctor's appointments between March and April and May and June, test after test after test, consultation, Western medicine at its finest. In July, he's gone. This is avoidable. That's my point of today's episode is this is avoidable. You cannot chip away into a tree day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. And when that tree has lost so much nutrients from what you've chipped into it, has really been damaged, not beyond repair, but so close to beyond repair, it's a little late at that point. I don't think it's ever too late to focus on your wellness because even if you lived, you know, a couple months, a year feeling great or better than you would without that focus, I still think it's worth it. However, my point being that it's a small action in today's society to drink alcohol once a day, three times a week, twice a week. Your heart rate variability will not recover with drinking just twice a week. You have a drink on Tuesday after work and again on Saturday at a party, your heart rate variability does not bounce back in that amount of time. These are small amounts of stress, poison, toxins that add up cumulatively over time to become deadly. Prescription drugs, street drugs, weed, these things impair your sleep. While you think you may sleep great on them, I can almost guarantee you're not. Unless you are tracking with a biometric wearable or a dependable device like the Eight Sleep, being in bed for 10 hours doesn't mean you get 10 hours of rest. Doesn't even mean you were asleep four and a half hours. You probably have very light sleep for four to five of those hours. And then the combination of being awake for an hour or two, plus deep sleep and REM sleep, restorative sleep, that accumulates all together to maybe make that 10 hours. But you're not getting 10 hours of sleep. You go to bed at eight o'clock, close your eyes in bed, and you don't get up till six. Doesn't mean you got 10 hours of sleep. That's a huge misunderstanding about how we sleep. And just because you wake up feeling rested or you wake up feeling alert doesn't mean that you actually had restorative sleep the night before. It's really important to know what's going on before assessing your behavior for change, unless your behavior is just outright obvious and drinking and ingesting drugs are really obvious. The same way that these small daily habits make big changes for the better, these small daily habits make huge influences for the worse when they are detrimental to your health. Eating poorly, not exercising, high levels of stress, not sleeping well, drinking, doing drugs, taking prescription pills, these all accumulate over time. And like the frog in the boiling pot, just warm water, 
it's getting used to it. It's just a new use to all. Oh, this is what 40 feels like. All oh, this is what 50 feels like. All oh, this is what 60 feels like a little bit warmer until it's boiling and you're dead. You can chalk up everything that's going on to make believe things, or you can be accountable and actually do things and create healthy routines that help you feel great at any age. I know that there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are closer to my age. They're between 40 and 65. And I have a handful of friends who are in their 80s and 90s. And I certainly hope they're listening. Though I really secretly wish that people that are younger in their 20s and 30s hear me now. Because this is where tiny things can make massive impacts on the quality and the quantity of the years you have ahead. Yes, it's true. Acute, catastrophic things happen. Stepped off the curb and weren't looking. You can get mowed over by a bus. I do believe that good sleep hygiene, um, a good sleep routine, and eating well and maintaining moderate to low levels of stress does keep you more alert. And I think you're more likely to have quicker twitch reflexes and you're staying active to not be hit by a bus. But aside from those things, there are so many things that you could be doing that make a massive difference in how you feel, potentially how you look and how long you live and how happy you are in the body that really you have created. If you have questions about where to start, what assessments you might take or have done, what blood tests I would recommend, you can always text one-on-one in at 206-483-29. It's also on the outro. You can join our wellness community there. It's free of charge. You can always leave a comment down below if you're at YouTube or where you have it available. You can check out mystabletable.com and send me an inquiry there as well. I hope that I don't mean for it to be a somber thing, and I hope that people hear it and take action, do something different for the better immediately, because there is no better time than the present to behave as though this is the only moment, because in many ways it is. This is all we have, this moment, the present, and to take heed to warning, to take the warning seriously that it can unravel really quickly. Four months is not much time, and to be functioning during that time, just not feeling 100%, feeling off your game a little. The body, like trees, is very resilient, but it too has its limitations, and cutting into your defenses and your immune system and your cognitive abilities day after day, week after week, it will add up and it will catch up. And so again, a self audit to take a look and see what you're doing that you can shift this year. Shift your game up a bit. 2024, just coming into the Lunar New Year. So much opportunity, so much access to really great information And again, I started this journey nearly 30 years ago. I didn't have the access to YouTube wasn't at all what it was. In fact, it was just starting. And while there is a lot of 
bullshit out on the net. If you continue to look and continue to stay centered around your goals and what you feel is right for your body, you will, you'll vibrate and, and draw the proper messages to you at work. I firmly believe in that synchronicity and the same message that relates to one person will mean absolutely nothing to someone else in the same moment in time. Then two years later or four years later, wherever amount of time later, that same message will mean something different to that same person and perhaps have greater meaning to the other. Stick with it. It's a journey worth focusing on. The body is an amazing thing. It really is. And we're each so very different. And that's the joy and the opportunity for you to be responsible and accountable to yourself. And again, living from a place of feeling great and having boundless energy is fantastic for you. But it's also really powerful for those around you, your loved ones, your kids, your neighbors, your community, your spouse, your parents. Don't ever underestimate the power that you have to influence someone without doing anything at all, just doing what you do at a really high level. People notice. They may not say anything, but they notice. With that, I bid you adieu. I hope that you are up to something good in your day. And I hope that you take a look at that tree, the tree of life, at your body, at how you're treating it day in and day out, and see if you can incrementally turn the tides to healthier habits and healthy routines. I'm going to 150. If your goal is 100, a healthy 100, then I'll see you there. And again, if you found any goal, any inspiration in today's episode, please share it with a friend or loved one who you think might also find it valuable. Until next time, be well. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel any part of this episode resonated with you, then please consider sharing it with a friend who may also find value in it. And remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And before you go, did you know we have a fantastic free text community? If you want more bite-sized health hacks and reminders delivered directly to your phone, absolutely free, then text keyword YES to 206-483-2960. Again, that's keyword YES to 206-483-2960. And we'll see you on the inside.